for your own sake and for the sake of others, let the Lord work in your life so that fear and lies lessen as time goes by. The Lord came to give us freedom and life. If we allow for fear to reign in our lives, there is only torment. And if we rely on lying, there is only death because Satan only brings about death. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about fear and lies. These are very common issues in every person in one way or another. I'm sure that we all have some sort of fear and also that we are not always truthful. God doesn't want for these things to reign in our lives because there are problems that come with them now and certainly in eternity if they remain unchecked. Jesus Christ came to give us the hope of salvation and the opportunity to live out a transformed life while here on earth. And so we should get rid of fear and lies in our lives. Today's message is based on the book of Genesis, chapter 26, verses 1 to 12. Let's look together at what God's Word has to say about this. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you may please forgive my sins. I pray humbly, Lord God, for your mercy and for your grace. Heavenly Father, I know that we have forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ. But we know that we also always need to come humbly before you because, as David said, my sin is always before you. And we certainly know that we are not perfect. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, Holy God, that you may give us enlightenment, that you may draw us nearer through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Show us clearly your will in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 26, verses 1 to 12. This is the word of the Lord. There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, She is my sister, for he was afraid to say, She is my wife, because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac, showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? 
one of the people might have soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. One of the first things we can see here in this passage is that no one is perfect, no exceptions. Only the Holy Trinity is perfect. Everyone has had their issues in the past and we all have our issues today. In today's passage, we see the great Isaac, the one of the big three, if you will, in the Old Testament, one of the godly patriarchs. This Isaac was the one that was always referred to in the past as God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we read, we see that Isaac had a moment of weakness that involved an issue of fear and of lying. As mentioned before, one of the greatest values we have in the Bible is all of the examples and good and not so good decisions and the different consequences involved with each. We basically see in Isaac that he had more than a concern, but rather a fear. His fear was his wife, Rebecca's beauty, and that if he told the Philistines that Rebecca was his wife, that they would kill him for her. And because of this fear, he lied and said that Rebekah was his sister. And as it happens, sooner or later, the truth always comes out in one way or another. And in this case, they caught him treating his so-called sister, Rebekah, with some unusual sibling endearment. And so his lie was discovered. And because of this lie, Abimelech admonished Isaac because his lie would have brought him sin on them because they could have wronged him unknowingly. In the end, when Isaac came clean and everything gets straightened out and all fears are dealt with, God does bless Isaac. But we should dig deeper here, especially because fear and lies are very common problems in everyone, if we are honest. Most people have issues with either fear or lying or both. We should endeavor to understand what is it that causes these issues and how to deal with them. Because if we look in the word, both issues carry natural and problematic consequences such that if left unchecked and undealt with could be catastrophic, not just in the here and now, but even more importantly, in the future. One thing to bear in mind is that we are all susceptible to these issues because of the sin that still dwells within our flesh. Even though we may have given our lives over to Christ, that doesn't mean that the sinful desires of our flesh go away or that we are made perfect immediately. What happens is that through Christ, we are made free from the power of sin, which means that we are no longer a slave to our evil desires. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with and conquer the weaknesses of our flesh. But it's a process that doesn't happen overnight. There should be an immediate and noticeable change in a person's life when they first come to Christ because of the repentance and conversion. But again, not perfection, at least not yet. The Bible refers to this process that should take place in every follower of Jesus Christ as the process of sanctification. We cannot stay as we were as Christ found us at the first. We must be renewed and changed and transformed over time into the likeness of Jesus Christ. He is the model. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says it like this, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And so 
When we look at biblical examples or at other people's lives, we should not look at them to judge them, but rather to observe and understand and glean what we need to glean for our own edification through Christ, so we can understand through the guidance of the Holy Spirit what needs to change in our own lives. And trust me, we all have plenty to still repent and convert from. Just like Paul said it in Philippians chapter 3, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So we should ask ourselves this. What is fear and lying? Biblically speaking, both are sin before the Lord and they are big problems. These are not simple issues. Fear and lying can lead to someone's physical end and affect their spiritual standing before the Lord and harm others also, just like we read. It may sound exaggerated, but we always need to look at things through the lens of the Bible, if you will, and of course with the enlightening of the Holy Spirit. We can never judge things based on our opinions or on what society thinks. We always need to remember that only God's opinion should matter because He is the one that will judge every single person, just like the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, where it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So God will deal with everything that is wrong within us in the end. This is one of the main reasons for why we cannot leave things unchecked, especially things that the Bible says that are big problems. We need to look at things under this lens as well, so we understand the importance. Jeremiah chapter 17 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And so because God searches the heart and tests the mind, then we need to look at issues very deeply and try to deal with them with the Holy Spirit's help at very depths of our being. Nothing is superficial. There is always some deep within us that generates sin. And fear and lying is no exception. Let's start by the parts, if you will. Let's look at fear, for instance. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear is a perfectly normal human emotion because it is driven by our sinfulness. And so because sin generates fear, then we cannot let it gain any kind of foothold in our lives. If we understood what we just read in 1 John, we see that if there is fear, then something is wrong with our love. And we always need to remember that love should be everything to us. If we recall the first commandments, we should understand that love should reign in our lives completely. For it is written, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no other greater commandments than these. This is the love that casts out fear. When our love is focused on the Lord first and foremost, and then on our neighbor, there should be no fear. Why? Because when you have learned to love the Lord, then all of your trust is in Him. Here is a concept that many people miss. Love and trust go hand in hand. You cannot love someone unless you trust them. Many people will say, I love God, and they might be saying it wholeheartedly, but then they need to ask themselves, do you trust him? They may say yes, but then do they obey him? Because when you trust, then that means that you obey. And so if a person says that they love God, but yet they don't do as he says in his word, then there is a problem. When you truly love God, then that means that you will do everything he tells you to do, or at least endeavor to do so, because you trust him, whether you understand or not what he is asking you to do. And the only way you should come to love your neighbor is not because you trust your neighbor necessarily, because your neighbor is imperfect, just like you. It's because you are loving and trusting and obeying the Lord first. Everything needs to stem out of the love for God. Love for the Lord should generate all actions, all purpose, and all reason for everything we do. Once that happens, then fear goes away. And when fear goes away, then the torment is gone. That is why our love for the Lord needs to be made perfect. Otherwise, if fear is in our lives, our decisions will all be wrong and off course. When fear is in our lives and fear is what gets involved with our decision-making, it's not faith, it's not trust, and it's not obedience to the Lord. Fear is a problem that needs to be dealt with. We need to trust in the Lord. When we trust the Lord, we are learning how to love Him. This is what the Bible also reminds us of. In Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 15, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. When there is fear, there is bondage. But again, we have been made free through our faith in Christ if a person has truly surrendered their lives over to Christ. That's why we surrender to the Lord is extremely important because that means that you are not living for the flesh anymore. Your evil desires are no longer running your life. You are submitting to the Spirit of God and letting Him lead your life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit that we receive from God when we surrender our lives to the Lord is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is allowed to work in a person's life, then power, love, and sound mind is generated. What does sound mind mean here? Self-control. It means that you are governing your life through a renewed mind that subjects itself to the Lord and to his promptings. Do you understand why we cannot let ourselves be guided by the world or by society? Because they will tell you all day long that self-control is stupid and that you should do whatever you feel like doing, whatever makes you happy. When we are governed by the Lord, we gain the ability of being in control of our lives through him. 
In Revelation chapter 21, it says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Fear is associated with being cowardly. And notice it is at the very top of the list. We are called through Christ to overcome the sin that still dwells within us. God wants us to overcome and he has given us everything we need to overcome through Jesus Christ. Now, how about lying? Lying is typically generated by fear. People typically lie when they're afraid to face certain consequences. That's one aspect of lying. The other aspect of lying is when someone wants to control certain situations. But in one way or another, Lying involves manipulation, and manipulation is a product of one person, Satan. And this is what Jesus had to say about it. In John chapter 8, it says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. See what a problem lying can be? When we lie, we remind the Lord of this individual, and that's not good. And we need to always bear in mind that God's truth should be everything to us, for it is also written, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth, Jesus, is who makes us free. If you don't rely on the truth, if you don't obey the truth, and if you don't live in the truth, then you will never be free. It's that simple. That's why it is so important to always deal with the truth, as difficult as it may be sometimes. It's not always easy, but then again, no one said it would be easy, but it's worthwhile. And so, for your own sake, and for the sake of others, let the Lord work in your life so that fear and lies lessen as time goes by. The Lord came to give us freedom and life. If we allow for fear to reign in our lives, there is only torment. And if we rely on lying, there is only death because Satan only brings about death. I would encourage you to seek the freedom and life that God wants for you and let him work that out in your life. This is what we should keep in mind when dealing with our fear and lying. In everything that we do, whether it is easy or difficult, we should always want for God to be for us and to have God's support. Can God support us when we are ruled by fear? Of course not. What about if we are relying on lies and not the truth? Will God support us then? Absolutely not. So is it worth it to stand completely alone, relying on your own devices, doing those things that reflect Satan and things that are wrong before the eyes of the Lord? I would hope that you would understand that you have nothing to gain from that. Fear and lies never help anyone here and now, and it will certainly not help you when you stand before the Lord in judgment. This is what I would encourage you to keep in mind as you consider to let God work in your life. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him 
also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, blessing and honor and glory be to you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that you want to work in our lives, that you want to transform us and change us and make us new and different through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to do away with fear and lies in us, that we need to do away with these things because these things only bring destruction. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that in any way sin can never be what we choose to do. Heavenly Father, help us to be sensitive to the promptings of your Holy Spirit, to the direction of your word. Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to have a soft heart before you and to put these things before you, that you may work in them, Lord God, that you may be able to wash us through your word. And Heavenly Father, help us to be able to change and put these things away so that ultimately the person of Jesus Christ can be reflected in our lives more and more as each day goes by. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because Lord God, you want to do away with our fears. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because we can completely trust in you. And Lord God, I praise you for your truth because your truth is life to us and it changes everything, O Lord. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to understand these things and again, to let you work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.